This fucking guy. Hello, my rocket pops. Welcome to This Fucking Guy, a podcast about self-care. If self-care is one long scream into the void. Here's where we use expletives and alcohol to emotionally process the creeps, jerks, and dick weasels that compose the shitty elevator music of our lives. I would do anything for love. Ren Martinez. And I wouldn't do that. Ginger Gollum. <laughs> We're so talented. We're so talented. So fucking talented people. Oh my god. <laughs> so amazing. How you doing? How I'm, you doing, Puddin? I'm doing good. Um, My husband and I, I had actually run out to the store today because we're going on our beach vacation next week. Do not worry, dear listeners. Ooh. It's mostly going to consist of us staying at our beach house and being at the pool at our beach house. But it's at a beach. Um, My husband had to uh, buy a new pair of swim trunks because his did not fit anymore. He's been going through, you know, the thing is, so my husband's been going through a lot of stress lately. Like a lot of stress. I thought you were going to say puberty for some reason. <laughs> kind of. I mean, he grew a beard, so. He did grow a beard. <laughs> um, Kind of in that, like, this is the first time in his life as an adult, as a nearly 40-year-old person, where he cannot wear the same clothes he wore in high school. And he is devastated, and I am laughing. <laughs> So, you know, I, I mean, I, I do understand his struggle. Like, I get it, but also kind of fuck you a little bit. A little fuck bit. you a little bit. Like, forget high school. I can't wear the same clothes I wore five years ago. Mm -hmm. It's like, see, honey, your body changes as you get older. And some of <laughs> Oh, goodness. Just, just a little, just a little less bit of, like, savory schadenfreude in there. I mean, it it's still pretty bad because, like, we were with um some family and talking about getting older and stuff. I, I, I say getting older. Most of us are in our mid-30s, mid to mm -hmm. late 30s. Um, But uh, he was like, yeah, you know, I, I've definitely put on some weight. You know, I'm at the heaviest I've ever been at. 160 pounds. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> and every, that's everyone's response. Everyone is like, uh, fuck you? I don't know. <laughs> um, and of course, I was like, yeah, babe, I haven't been like 160 since college. So, you know, that's cool. Glad to be, glad to be here lamenting with you. Someone I can clearly relate to. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, my dear Ginger, do you have anything you need to scream into this void of ours. I mean, you know, other than just all of the, like Groundhog's Day, the the George Floyd tragedy and the protests have made the white supremacists come out of their little hidey holes like Puxatawney Phil mm -hmm. and just look around to see if this is going to be Ellen, the fall Ellen, of... Ellen. <laughs> To see if this is going to be the fall of white supremacy or not. Um, or, you know, whether there's going to be three more weeks until the fall of white supremacy. Whatever that joke best is. Whatever that anyway, um, so that's that's a little bit nerve wracking while it's still going on. But to inject a little bit of positivity in here, um, the governor of Virginia, a complicated figure, <laughs> but... 
you know, the dude in charge of the state where we live uh, <laughs> has declared Juneteenth a state holiday. Yeah, about fucking time. I know. I think that they also, didn't they make Columbus Day not a state holiday? Yeah, I think they got rid of Columbus Day and they got rid of Lee Jackson King Day by just well because it was Lee. no they had they had separated yeah it a couple they had years separated ago. it into Lee Jackson and then just King Day and then everyone was like uh this is still gross and so they finally were like all right we're getting rid of Lee Jackson let's get rid of it we don't need it if we're honest with all of these dumb motherfuckers do we really think that it was because they decided that lee jackson day as a concept was gross or do you think it was because no one could figure out who lee jackson was <laughs> who is it who's lee jackson <laughs> i don't i've never met him um actually like on a totally unrelated note um well i guess kind of related uh so this lady who was like a friend of a friend on facebook mm-hmm. um as they always are. as they always are so my friend's been doing a lot of good work, like trying to trying to be like a helpful person and educate people. But like, obviously, Facebook isn't quite the forum for that. But like, we're in a pandemic. What are you gonna do? Yeah. Um, and this lady was going on about like, he was like, defunding the police is horrible, and everyone's gonna die and whatever. And eventually, I'm <clears> like, uh, okay, like, I get it. Like, you clearly are dumb and uneducated. And you're not interested in knowing. So like, could you go away? Like, homegirls giving you like three textbooks and literally this this Facebook thread and like, you haven't read shit. So we got into it a little bit. But she goes off and she with a bunch of smiley faces. Like, oh, no. Like MLM-type smiley faces. That's psychopath shit right <laughs> exactly. there. Exactly. From the offset. Uh, Continue. She nope. goes, when the Civil War breaks out, we'll see what happens to you. Good luck, honey. One, that's a threat. Okay, that's yeah. a threat. It's the dumbest threat. Like, it's a real dumb threat. It's the I'm dumbest not, threat. Don't, I don't feel threatened. <laughs> like <laughs> you you have way more self-restraint than i have because i would i would have come back with revolution cometh we're going to eat you <laughs> we're going to literally eat you mm. in that same um article that i was reading about juneteenth being made into a state holiday there was let us say some virulent folks uh having opinions Ugh. all over the page to which i commented Boy, there's a lot of white supremacists on this thread. Seven laugh reacts in one angry react. And I was like, I found the white supremacist. Yeah, she ended up going off. She just ended up going off. And first of all, her name was Felicia. So it was very funny at the end of the thread to go by oh. Felicia. Which oh. is so satisfying. Mm. Um, again, like my our mutual friend was trying to be really diplomatic and was like, well, we have our opinions, but we're really trying to come together. And I really want you to learn and blah, blah, blah. And the girl was basically like, well, like, you know, why would I even bother, like, listening to your point if, like, you're going to say fuck the police and me and my loved ones? Which is why you saw that Facebook post where it's like, four years ago, when I say fuck the police, I would give this whole explanation about, like, well, no, what it means, we're talking about the system (laughs) and trying to dismantle it. And, like, it's not that they give a shit. They're still going to, like, say, you know, fuck you and the police are going to murder you, like, if you say their name wrong. Yeah. That's why this, like, 2020 me is, like, actually, fuck the police and fuck your uncle specifically. Whoever it is, no, them. (laughs) I'm talking about them personally. Do I know them? No, but them specifically. Your Uncle Frank. Fuck Uncle Frank. (laughs) 
I'm pretty sure I accidentally called my nephew's aunt a star spangled ding dong. <laughs> I did not realize that that's who she was. <laughs> My, my sister-in-law posted, you know, kind of a standard BuzzFeed. Here's testimonials from people who supported Trump in 2016 and why they don't support him now. This woman just comments, fake news, Trump 2020. <laughs> and so, somebody went ahead and immediately laid into her and said, you're just a cranky Trump supporter. And she was like, how dare you start with the name calling? How dare you? To which I responded, it's awful that she called you that. I much prefer Star Spangled Ding Dong. Well, well, but the only name she called you was Trump supporter. Cranky Trump supporter. Well, cr no, cranky is an adjective. The name calling was Trump supporter, which you already admitted you are. You're, I'm just calling you the thing you've already said you are. What? So anyway, I think... That it is time for some therapy. Okay, Ren, tell me about this fucking guy. All right, so let's let's talk about a motherfucker. All right, we are in a transformative time in American history. If you've noticed, mm -hmm. we have people marching in the streets, calling out police brutality, confronting hundreds of years of racial injustice. We're having conversations about defunding and abolishing the police. Ideas that were considered super radical just months ago and are now being considered like core issues in this ongoing discussion about how we're going to dismantle right, white supremacy. It's fucking beautiful. I'm for it. I heard that. Sorry. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Dude, you, you got to keep hydrated. You got to keep hydrated. It's a self-care tip. Um, there are many voices in this movement, many activists who have spent their lives working towards these goals. But there is one voice in particular, a voice of an ally, an advocate for justice, a woman who has been nominated for an NAACP Image Award and when addressing the murder of Rayshard Brooks said, I've certainly been drunk at a Wendy's before and I wasn't shot. You ever heard of Meghan McCain? That is not where I thought you were going with that. Oh boy, I, I was, I was, I was girding my loins for Candace Owens, and then you get right. Megan McCain's been drunk at a Wendy's. It's yeah. I need to know more of that. Continue. I don't know specifically about her being drunk at a Wendy's, but that's part of her persona, and we'll get into it. But you, so you've heard of her, yeah. Right? So you know, this is the Megan McCain who called Ilan Omar an anti-Semite and connected her to the Poway synagogue shooting in 2019 mm. and who said that the culture war raging in this country was Obama's fault and who once wrote, my hair makes me look slutty? <laughs> makes me look slutty? <laughs> but who is Meghan McCain, really? She's a woman with goddamn slut hair. <laughs> the sluttiest the of hair. The sluttiest of hair. According to Wikipedia, Megan Marguerite McCain is an American columnist, author, and television personality. She's worked for ABC News, Fox News, MSNBC, and has been a co-host of The View since 2017. She is also, and I, I don't know, I don't know if you're mm -hmm. aware of this, the daughter of 2008 presidential candidate and U.S. Senator John McCain. Say what? Did you, did you know that? Yeah, she never talks she about never... it. Never brings that up. Never brings it up. So I wanted to make sure you knew. 
She's also the heiress to the Hensley and Company beard distribution fortune. I'm sorry, did you say beard distribution? Beard distribution. Ah, okay. Yes. It's a it's an it's an Arizona-based company that distributes beer. It's 68% owned by Cindy McCain, her mother, with a net worth of $200 million. That's a lot for something I haven't heard of. So, you know, you know, the working class, white, you know, working bootstraps, class. Bootstraps. Bootstraps McCain over here. <laughs> as far as her early life, she was born and raised in Phoenix, Arizona, and attended Phoenix Country Day School and Xavier College Preparatory, an all-girl private Catholic school, which is where I assume she learned how to be the literal worst. <laughs> she attended Columbia College of Columbia University, where she earned her bachelor's degree in art history, the most useful of degrees. Notoriously. Notoriously. McCain apparently planned to become a music journalist. She interned at Newsweek and Saturday Night Live, which just shows you how irrelevant that show is now. I mean... It does make her sound cooler than we know Megan McCain to be. And Saturday Night Live a lot less cool than a lot of people still think it is. People don't still think Saturday Night Live's cool. If anything, people think that Pete Davidson can get it. And that's the closest <laughs> that anyone thinks that Saturday, Saturday Night Live is to being cool and super Goodness. relevant. So Megan wasn't really anything more than a photo op prop until she began a blog back in 2007. McCain Blogette, Musings and Pop Culture on the Campaign Trail, is the blog where Megan documented her diary-like ruminations about her dad's presidential bid. Her blog, which is now defunct, but way back machine, baby, woo-woo! It mixed behind-the-scenes photos and videos from the campaign trail with iPod music playlists, designer fashion, and even makeup tips. It's the hot goss. On the campaign trail. Just a real cosmopolitan for teens of a blog. <laughs> S- side note, are you able to hear Beans snoring in the audio? No. Okay, we- we've got a Beans on set. I oh, might just... yes. <laughs> oh, what a precious little snore. Just in case we want to remix that for our transition or something. Absolutely. Absolutely. What a precious baby. We know, we know what people tune sleep. in for. And it's not us. It's the beans. Uh, so Megan, on her blog, also loved taking pictures of shoes. Her designer boots. Schwarzenegger's ostrich cowboy boots. What? Henry Kissinger's black loafers. <laughs> Under the picture of Kissinger's feet, she wrote, Who doesn't want to know what kind of shoes Dr. Kissinger wears? Oh, God. Well, in June of 2008, Megan published a series of blog posts regarding her and her mother's trip to Cambodia, where she took a lot of tragedy tourist photos of impoverished children, who I'm sure yep. were super excited to know about Henry Kissinger's footwear. Just, Just going, really who, who invested. <laughs> Just going, who, who is this white woman with the slutty hair? <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, that same year, she announced that she had re-registered as a Republican, as a symbol of commitment to my dad. Wait, who's her dad again? Who's her dad? Oh, mm. shit. I, mm, mm. Mm. Tip of my tongue. Anyway, spoiler alert, her dad was not elected president. So I guess Megan had to do what all people with a failed presidential bid do. 
write a book. Oh, I thought you were going to say Dancing with the Stars, but that is also not. That is absolutely the other thing you do. Yep. You either write a book, Dancing with the Stars, or both. Yeah. So her book, Dirty Sexy Politics, was published in 2010 and chronicles Megan and the 2008 presidential campaign. The cover features a smiling Megan sitting cross-legged in the warm embrace of an elephant's trunk. It's very weird. Oh, because Republicans. Because Republicans. I thought she just yes. liked elephants. <laughs> Here's the Amazon description. In this witty, candid, and boisterous book, Megan takes us deep behind the scenes of the campaign trail. She steals campaign signs in New Hampshire, tastes the nightlife in Nashville, and has a strange encounter with Laura and Jenna Bush at the White House. Along the way, she falls in love with America. While seeing how far the Republican Party has veered from its core values of freedom, Honesty and individuality. Hey, Ren. Yeah? I know bonus episode or episodes are going to be. Oh, don't you worry. I have some quotes from oh, this masterpiece. I was going to say read the Amazon reviews. Oh, for- we could absolutely do that too. <laughs> and also for Rush Limbaugh's Midnight Ride or whatever the fuck. I keep forgetting I need to read that book. I need to figure the, the, the Rush Revere. Oh, Rush, Rush Revere. Rush Revere series. Yeah, yeah. Well, here's some quotes from Dirty Sexy Politics. Freedom is addictive. Once you've tasted it, you will hunt for it again and again. You will suck dick for some freedom. That's cocaine. (laughs) That's the cocaine, Megan. And I guess the dick, too. But cocaine. I'm old enough to remember Barry Goldwater, the late senator from Arizona, He was a great conservative visionary, a man of great charm and playful spirit. Once when he and I were having our picture taken together, I stuck my tongue out at him. Without a moment's pause, Senator Goldwater stuck out his tongue at me right back. How the fuck old is Megan McCain? She's like 35, 38. I suppose in my mind, once he lost, Barry Goldwater just got sent to a farm upstate and died. Yeah. But what a delightfully touching story about Barry Goldwater. Barry Goldwater, notorious race agitator, (laughs) covered in our episode, The Racist Ass Strategy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Christ. Here's another one. Uh, My husband was specifically confused about this because he thought he'd forgotten these were quotes and he thought I had wrote it. And he was like, are you having a stroke? And I'm like, no. Crazy sex, in case some clarification is necessary, is a category of sex on its own. It is sex with somebody who is extremely bad for you. But on the road, things have a way of changing. This causes you to look at the world differently through what we called campaign goggles. Campaign goggles can distort reality very powerfully or are the cause of almost all crazy sex and other campaign hookups. What? (laughs) Crazy sex, first of all, is the term nobody uses. That is hyphenated, by the way. Crazy sex. Hyphenated. Yeah. No one says that. That's not a term. No one says that. I think it might be a Red Hot Chili Peppers album. Who was she fucking on the campaign trail? (laughs) Well, who was she fucking on her dad's... (laughs) Campaign trail. Well, she did have a strange encounter with Lauren Jenna Bush in the White House. 
That would be the most interesting <laughs> thing about any of the three of them. Oh, here's another one. We'd given up a shot at Joe Lieberman and had most likely moved on to Mitt Romney. This would bring changes to our pirate ship, as our campaign was lovingly called. We'd have to clean up our act a little bit. Not that I really drank much or ever took drugs, and I was celibate as a nun. But I suspected my days of swearing like a sailor and dancing in the bus aisles were over. She also claims to have almost overdosed on Xanax the night of the election, so what? I mean, it's not an illegal drug. And also how- It's a white person drug, Ren. It, it doesn't is a count. white person drug. I mean, I have Adderall. That's another white person drug. But, like, she's just talk. She's talking about all these campaign hookups, and then she's like, no, but I was celibate. Was she, was she, was she fucking their minds? <laughs> Who knows? So there's a little taste of the book. What was this critical reception like? One review stated that the book showed Megan's unbearable narcissism, delusions of persecution, <laughs> anti-religious bigotry, and mendacity, as well as her manifestly below Ooh. average intelligence, adding that, Ooh. A publishing company let this authorial abortion go to print is an <laughs> insult to the collective self-worth of our thinking nation. And somehow of all, of all of that, the worst part to me is that she got a reviewer so angry that they used the word mendacity. <laughs> mendacity. Mendacity. Another reviewer wrote, it is impossible to read dirty, sexy politics and come away with the impression that you have read anything other than the completely unedited ramblings of an <laughs> idiot. She also published My Dad, John McCain, a children's book that details the senator's capture and imprisonment as a prisoner of war for five years during the Vietnam War, <laughs> including violent scenes of him being poked with hot iron prods as well as a man being stabbed repeatedly with a small knife by a Viet Cong insurgent. To be fair, I feel like if John McCain's your dad, those are the bedtime stories you are going <laughs> to get. The New York Times described it as less a children's book <laughs> than one <laughs> than one written for wide-eyed adults with very nice drawings. Nice drawings. Of men being stabbed. The children's book and more of anything else. <laughs> In 2012, she published a book with comedian Michael Ian Black, inexplicably titled, America, You Sexy Bitch, A Love Letter to Freedom. Yes, that's the title. Again, if it wasn't so earnest, it would make me like her. <laughs> Here's the description. She's a single, 20-something, gun-loving, Christian, Republican writer and blogger. He is a married, 40-year-old, gun-fearing, atheist, Democrat comedian, the son of a lesbian former Social Security employee. Meghan McCain and Michael Ian Black barely know each other, but they're about to change the way politics is discussed in America. They barely know each other, but Michael Ian about to hate this woman. <laughs> Here are some uh, pearls of wisdom Megan bestows upon mm. this upon the readership. We have extremely different tastes in music. He likes Radiohead and the kind of whiny hipster music that I don't think Republicans are even allowed to listen to. They're not, though. <laughs> They're, we put filters. 
on that sort of thing. However, I don't give a shit about Radiohead. You can listen to Radiohead. I don't care. Yeah, Radiohead. They're, <laughs> dumb. they're not. They're not like super cool and good or anything. Sorry, I just don't <laughs> care about Radiohead, and particularly, I don't care about men who care about Radiohead. Oh yeah, no men who care about Radiohead are the worst. <laughs> okay. I'm allowed to like them because I was not in the generation, <laughs> the- and I don't talk about liking Radiohead, and I only like Radiohead casually. People who's who for whom Radiohead is their thing are the most insufferable people. I'm glad you and I, I'm glad you understood where I was coming from with that. Because yes. it's like, I need to clarify this clearly. Um, if you've ever seen the X-Men movies, you know that they're about a group of mutants who are the next wave of human evolution. They've got special powers, and if left unchecked, they will eventually wipe out humanity as we know it. That's how I feel about Mormons. <laughs> Say what you will, she's not predictable. No. No. I did not know where any... Throughout that entire sentence, I did not know what the next word was going to be at any given point. She she certainly keeps you on your toes. Um, In the words of one Goodreads reviewer, Why did I read such inane drivel? (laughs) Would not buy. Would not read again. Would not even pick it up from a free reading library. This book is dead to me. (laughs) High praise. Poor Michael Ian Black. (laughs) Not content to just write books, she's also written for news publications, including MSNBC and The Daily Beast. In March 2009, she wrote a Daily Beast article called My Beef with Ann Coulter. She starts off by lamenting how unhip the Republican Party is, stating that, but being a Republican is about as edgy as Donny Osmond. Well, that's fucking true. Sure, Megan. People don't want to be Republican because it's not cool enough. That's it. You figured it out. She then lambasts Ann Coulter as offensive, radical, and insulting, questioning her on statements like, Jewish people should be perfected and become Christians. Which, yep, super offensive. Yeah, super offensive there. Call that shit out. But most of Megan's beef centers around Ann undermining her father, you know, John McCain. Oh, is that? John McCain. Is that? The Senator uh, John McCain. Yeah. During the presidential campaign, when Ann said Hillary Clinton was more conservative, which is like utterly laughable, but also this is your primary grievi- grievance? Didn't we just talk about the the Jewish people being perfected thing? No, you are going to do Ann Coulter someday, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, all right. Absolutely. I'm going to do that shriveled banana at some point. Mm-hmm. Well, after all that drama died down, Megan then got a show on the now-defunct Pivot TV network. The series was called Raising McCain, because again, did you know she's related to John McCain? Mm. And loves puns. Loves a pun. Fucking loves a goddamn pun. It was canceled after just one season, yeah. but it's available on Amazon Prime. $1.99 per episode, y'all. A steal. Megan then wrote some more books, spoke at a few conventions, attended a bunch of talk shows where she was praised for having the same maverick gene as her father. Yeah. Yeah. I'm also making this face because I'm going, if and when we make it to episode 100, I think that we need to 
to uh, memorialize it by watching the Megan McCain series, <laughs> drinking game, and live tweeting the experience. Absolutely. That's how we die of alcohol poisoning, but okay. Just so you know, guys, 100th episode, this fucking guy's gonna have a YouTube channel, and you can watch us <laughs> nearly drink ourselves to death watching Raising McCain. In November 2011, McCain became an analyst on MSNBC and immediately got into a fight with Newt Gingrich. Yep. Because when asked about him as a presumptive presidential nominee, she said, well, he was relevant when I was in middle school. <laughs> Which honestly is fucking boss. Yeah. Like, that's fucking boss. <laughs> I'm not gonna I appreciate it. That. In 2015, she signed on as a Fox News contributor and a regular co-host of the afternoon talk show Outnumbered, which I've never heard of. Mm -mm. And after leaving the network in 2017, McCain was named a permanent co-host of her most infamous gig, the ABC daytime talk show, The View. Mm -hmm. You heard of The View? Yep. 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 So, for those not aware... The View is a daytime talk show, which was the brain baby of Barbara Walters. It first aired in 1992 and is in its 20th, I'm sorry, that's 1997. First aired in 1997. I was going to guess it was the 80s, so honestly, it's more recent and relevant than I thought it was. It is its 23rd season. The show features a multi-generational panel of women who discuss the day's hot topics, such as sociopolitical and entertainment news, and also interview prominent figures. That's a kind way of describing it. It's the Wikipedia way of describing it. There you go. Um, the View has always been about that controversy, baby. Mm, 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 mm. Their hosts are usually a mix of liberal and conservative, mostly everyone liberal and one conservative. Yeah. And fanning those flames make those ratings get hot, hot, hot. <laughs> the most well-known incident was that between Rosie O'Donnell, liberal lesbian, and Elizabeth Hasselbeck, blonde bombshell conservative, who rose to prominence because she finished fourth place on the second season of Survivor. Not a joke. Goodness. In a discussion regarding the Iraq War, O'Donnell brought up all the war crimes being committed. And Hasselbeck was offended because it's not a war crime if America does it. O'Donnell argued that the media would portray her as a big, fat, lesbian, loud Rosie attacking innocent, pure Christian Elizabeth. Which is exactly what fucking happened. Mm -hmm. And Rosie O'Donnell quit the next day. So following the departure of then-designative conservative Jedediah Bila... You know, Jedediah Bila. Well, after she left... Megan took her place in this great circle of life as a completely insufferable blowhard. <laughs> Known for her incessant blow-ups and self-centered punditry, Megan is both universally despised and critically revered. Because while the drivel that comes out of her mouth is utterly obnoxious tripe, it's great for ratings tripe. Mm. Get those views, baby. Make that shit go viral. You can't argue with them clicks. <laughs> She's known for her constant interruptions, straw man arguments, begging the audience for applause, and never-ending reminders that she's John McCain's daughter. In January 2019, what started as a universal denouncement of Republican Representative Steve King's white nationalist bullshit soon devolved into a screaming match about racism in the GOP, prompting McCain to retort, 
Please don't paint me just because I'm for border security. I'm somehow racist in some way. I'm John McCain's daughter. I am not someone who sits here and is okay with racism in any way whatsoever. Do you know who my father is? (laughs) Thanks, Draco Malfoy of the Republican Party. (laughs) Jesus. God, she is a fucking Malfoy, isn't she? She is absolutely. Megan Malfoy. God. Following June's Democratic primary debate, McCain complained about the times during the debate when several Democratic hopefuls spoke Spanish because she couldn't personally understand what they were saying. Really quickly, I don't speak Spanish, and I genuinely wanted to hear what they were saying, so I would like subtitles for the future. And I mean this genuinely, I don't mean this facetiously, I couldn't understand what they were saying. Okay, first of all, none of them spoke that good Spanish. You can understand (laughs) it. Donde esta la biblioteca? Me gusta America mucho. (laughs) Vota por mí. In September 2019, McCain got into it with former Baywatch star Pamela Anderson. What the fuck Mad Lib are you reading me? She got into it with former Baywatch star Pamela Anderson over WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange. Which is, yes, one of the weirdest things I've ever said. Yeah. Yeah, no, this whole episode is Mad Libs. (laughs) Oh, God. Like, very drunk Mad Libs? Very drunk Mad Libs. Like, sorority girl drunk Mad Libs. Yeah. Except except for it says penisless. Sorry, keep going. Yeah. Anderson said Assange was the victim of a smear campaign and is a publisher who supports whistleblowers. Which... Agree with, but that was her point. McCain snapped back, calling him a cyber terrorist who put our national security at risk. Anderson then asked Megan, How many people America had killed innocently in the name of national security? Mm-hmm. And when the audience cheers, Megan straight up turns and sneers at them and goes, Oh, calm down, sir. Calm down. <laughs> like, she's. <laughs> She's straight up talking back to her own audience. Sir, do you know who my father is? Do you know who my father is? In December, fellow co-host Whoopi Goldberg, who is definitely the show's referee, Uh, finally snapped at Megan. After arguing with her co-host Sonny Hostin on the impeachment and demanding to be allowed to finish talking, McCain complained that nobody wanted conservative perspective on this show ever. And we're going to take a quick moment, and I'm going to send you this clip. Oh, boy. And what I'll do, audience, is I'll, I'll actually copy the audio into the, into the podcast. Ooh, so look at you, it. all techie. Mm. We're going to talk about both sides, and we're going to sort of make that comparison. I think we also have to um, compare the, the, the Senate vote before. You had so many... So many senators that voted to not only impeach, but also convict President Clinton for, yes, perjuring himself. Those same, many of those same people are still in the Senate. I cannot believe that they would vote to impeach and convict a a president, a sitting president, for perjuring himself. And they would not vote to convict a president and and remove a president who clearly used a foreign, wanted to use a foreign government for his own personal benefit to impede our very democracy. Right. That is the height of hypocrisy for 
this Republican-led nice. Senate. But my job I don't here, understand that. My job here is not to litigate the ethics of it. I'm an ABC political analyst along with being a View co-host. My job is to analyze the politics of it. And I'm telling you but the I'm politics of this. But I'm not talking about this, you. I'm talking about the people you my that job are, here, are the senators let me that finish, are in, the, talk, uh, in the Senate. Here's what's happening now. We're going to Girl, please stop talking. Please stop talking right now. Because you know what? What's happening? Thank you. Thank you. I want to talk to the show. No okay, that's, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. If you're going to behave like this, I'm not behaving like anything. You are. You are talking over perspective. Yes, we understand that. No, I'm not talking. But you are. But what you're doing? No, I'm not. Is your We're not doing anything. How about this? Former FBI. We'll be right back. I love Whoopi Goldberg so much, and I realize that she's kind of problematic sometimes, but God, I love Whoopi Goldberg so much. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, Whoopi is not perfect, but holy shit. Someone needed to, like, straight up tell that girl to shut up to her face. I beautiful. I I was waiting on, and she didn't do it, but I was waiting on her to go, yeah, we know who your daddy is. We'll be right back. (laughs) That's actually things that they've told her before. If you, like... (laughs) If you watch YouTube, like, just Meghan McCain clips, there's absolutely times where, well, like... fuck. You need to be watching The View? Oh, no. These are just Meghan McCain is okay. awful clips. Like, I'm not watching the whole View. Um, but, yeah. And she'll be like, up, oh, but, like, my father. And everyone's like, we know who your dad is. Meghan. We know who that is. So, later, when talking about that moment, Meghan compared herself to fucking Daenerys Targaryen, Mother of Dragons, from fucking Game of Thrones. vowing that she and other conservative girls won't be quiet. The fact that she's comparing herself to a woman who's the literal embodiment of the white savior complex who eventually commits war crimes and murders thousands of people. Mm. Mm. You know, Mm. I'm just going to let that speak for itself. I feel mm. see, knowing Megan McCain, I feel like she just meant the hair. (laughs) I feel like she was like, she's she's a blonde, and I'm a blonde. We're this She has slutty hair, I have slutty hair. She has slutty hair, I have slutty hair. So, speaking of white saviors, where does Megan stand on racial justice? Oh, boy. On racial justice, that bitch. <laughs> In 2015, she went on Fox and called Black Lives Matter a hate group. Oh, God. In 2019... She told Van Jones that a racist was the worst thing you could call someone and that it's thrown around too much. Bitch. Bitch. But she has also said, I don't understand why we're still debating the Confederate flag. It's a symbol of racism. It's not about what people like me think. Every once in a while, a pig does find an acorn. Oh my god, you're so from the mountains, Jesus! I love this. So like if much. I if I have to get folksy, that is the most ash place to use this. Even a blonde hog gets an acorn every now and then. <laughs> oh, I love it so much. Uh, when Donald Trump tweeted uh, that freshman Congresswomen Ilan Omar and Alexandria Ocasio Cortez should, well, he tweeted. Why don't they go back and help fix the totally broken and crime-infested places from which they came? Megan tweeted back saying, 
This is racist. We don't tell people we've welcomed into this country to go back. So mixed. Mixed record. Mixed. But that was then. Let's talk about now. Mickey. On June 2nd, Megan tweeted out, My neighborhood in Manhattan is eviscerated and looks like a war zone. De Blasio and Cuomo are an utter disgrace. This is not America. Our leaders have abandoned us and continue to let great American cities burn to the ground and be destroyed. I never could have fathomed this. And she was immediately called out by Kristen Bartlett, a co-head writer of Full Frontal with Samantha Bee, with, Megan, we live in the same building, and I just walked outside. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. After that, Megan tried to backtrack, saying that she supports the peaceful protests and the movement. But then on June 8th, she attempted to grill Kamala Harris about defunding the police, demanding to know whether the senator supported funding the police or not, and saying it's a yes or no question. Harris responds with, how do you define defunding the police? <laughs> this leads Megan to give a completely wrong answer. And then Harris graciously lays out what it actually means in beautiful, expert detail. Oh, we stand a queen. Megan then led The View's June 10th episode with a discussion of HBO's decision to temporarily pull Gone with the Wind off their streaming platform, which went as over as well as you think it did. How many people were watching fucking Gone with the Wind on HBO? Wah, 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 wah. We're super racist. <laughs> wah, 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 wah. So co-host Sunny Hostin, a, a black woman who's looking beyond tired, spoke for all of us when she said, My biggest concern right now isn't the availability of Gone with the Wind on HBO. Sonny, you're doing the Lord's work. <laughs> when discussing Rayshard Brooks' death, Megan calls out the police officers involved, saying that there was no reason for Rayshard to be killed and that police need to focus on the specific form of training of de-escalating instead of militarizing and escalating. Yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. However, she was back on her bullshit. Eh. When The View began discussing criticism over Trump's upcoming rally, comparing them to Black Lives Matter protests. <clears throat> I don't think anyone should be in giant rallies right now because we've been told by medical experts that it's not safe. But the message from the media is as long as you're protesting something or going to a rally that is of the right politics, you can do it. And we're going to ignore the spread of COVID. So going to a Trump rally is somehow more dangerous than going to a rally in Brooklyn over the weekend? I've been in quarantine just like everybody else or sheltering in place for the past three and a half months. And I still can't buy a crib for my child in person. Megan. Megan. There's an entire fucking difference between people voluntarily protesting against police brutality and racial injustice. And the Trump campaign inviting supporters into an indoor arena and forcing them to sign a waiver that says they won't sue if they get sick. Yeah. Yeah, there's a difference between people getting mad that they can't sit at Fridays for $5 apps and demanding police officers be held accountable for their actions when they murder people. There's a difference. But please continue. 
<clears throat> I'm worried this is the new normal, like a lot of Americans, that I'm never going to be in the studio with you guys, that I'm never going to be able to go into a baby store. And I know I keep bringing it up, but when you waited as long as I did to have a child, and now I don't know if I'm ever going to buy a crib in person, it's something that's been hard. Of course, Megan. As always, it's about you. If everybody ordered cribs off Amazon, I know that that's not the point I needed to take <laughs> home, but. <laughs> and that's Megan McCain. Criminy. Yeah. A, compli- yeah. a complicated woman with slutty hair. With the sluttiest hair. Mm. Yeah, she's certainly not straightforward because sometimes she's not awful. Like, she was back in, like, 2008, particularly on the presidential campaign, she was one of the first Republicans who were was openly talking about gay rights, who was saying yeah. that gay people should get married. And that was a big feather in her cap for a really long time about, like, yeah. ooh, look at this progressive young Republican yeah. woman, woo! I mean, she's, she, it feels like she is sort of the Mitt Romney, where we are going to give her all of the accolades for doing sort of the bare minimum. Bare minimum. Bare minimum of human decency. Funny, I didn't bring it in and put it into this episode, but apparently Meghan McCain hates Mitt Romney. Well, we already know she has a weird problem with Mormons, so that doesn't surprise <laughs> <Yeah>. me. <laughs> she, like, hates Mitt Romney. It's very funny. She thinks they might be X-Men, and she's worried about it, so she hates Mitt Romney. Mormons are X-Men. You heard it here, and we only speak the truth. We only speak the truth. God is blessed. <laughs> So, after that roller coaster of whatever that was, drunk sorority girl that is in a political science 101 class, let's get to a self care plan. Caring about other people is hard work. Let's figure out ways to combat that compassion fatigue. Otherwise, we may forget to think about ourselves. <laughs> Take stock of what's on your plate. You can't figure out how to make changes if you don't know where the problems are. Write down a list of all the demands on your time and energy. This will help you figure out if you have too much on your plate and where to make adjustments. Like if you're taking on too much at work. Or then maybe you don't need to write another book about who your dad is. Maybe. Maybe there's enough. Maybe. Find time for yourself every day. Do you work straight through lunch or spend weekends running errands and catching up on your week without ever really sitting down and doing nothing? Figure out a way to take mini breaks for yourself throughout the day so you can sit, reflect, and watch the view. <laughs> Learn to say no more often. Are you the person who ends up on all the committees at work and who always volunteers when people ask? It can be draining to be the source of help for all people all the time. Sometimes it's important to remember that you can always say no, especially to people like Megan McCain. Mm. No, no, Megan, no. No, Megan. No. No. So, yeah, I hope you learned something today. Sort of. <laughs> that legacies are complex and that some hair can be slutty mm. anyway that is gonna be it for us this week folks 
If you like what you're hearing, you should check us out on thisfnguypod.com or on Twitter at thisfnguypod. Um, we are also on Facebook. And hello, if you found us from Facebook, uh, Facebook message the page. We will read your name on air. Uh, that is your thing. Like, like, share, and subscribe. Uh, you can donate to our Patreon, which is also this FN guy pod. Uh, but we'd kind of rather you donate to the ACLU right now because yeah. Jesus Christ. Or to your local bail fund. Yep. Or food bank. Or food bank. Th- shit's rough right now, guys. We're fine. Just. We're okay. Mm. Yep. Yep. As always, I am Ren Martinez. I'm Ginger Golub. Here's a bonus self-care tip. Have you tried growing plants? They're great. Start with a cactus. And don't be this fucking guy. Peace. This fucking guy.